Welcome to a special Dell Technologies Retail Power Chat Manufacturing Edition, where you hear from the experts about manufacturing digital transformation. Hello, everyone. Bruce Hall here, and welcome to another Dell Technologies Retail Power Chat Manufacturing Series. And today we're going to talk about true digital transformation for manufacturing. And our guest is Mr. Todd Edmonds, who's the CTO of Industrial IoT and Edge for Dell Technologies. How are you doing today, Todd? I'm doing phenomenal, Bruce. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for being back on the podcast. And could we start with a little bit of your background, please? Absolutely. I'm fortunate enough to have a 360-degree view in my career of IoT and smart manufacturing. I first started as a manufacturing guy building machines and control systems for machines. And then at an automation supplier called Rockwell Automation as a solution architect. Then I went on to build an IoT business at a solution integrator. And I got to implement these solutions and design these solutions for multiple different customers. Then at a global smart manufacturing subject matter expert at Cisco, helping global Fortune 100 manufacturers drive smart factory initiatives inside their factories. And now I get to do this at Dell Technologies, where I put it all together across the entire stack. Thanks for that background, Todd. And once again, welcome back to the podcast. We're talking about trying to achieve digital transformation and the goal of to get to smart manufacturing. What are some of the key technical and digital challenges that manufacturers are seeing trying to achieve this goal? The manufacturing customers themselves are really looking for outcomes, outcomes like reducing their downtime or reducing maintenance cost, increasing capacity, increasing total production output. But then what they need to get there is they need to implement use cases. They typically don't think about how those use cases interact or how they scale or how they can be repeatable or how they can even be secured. And so they go at it from an individual use case point of view to get to those outcomes. And the challenge that they typically face in most manufacturing organizations is their infrastructure to be able to run those different use cases have evolved rather than been engineered. I like to call them accidental architectures. They've got a lot of technical debt. It's really not an infrastructure that's sufficient for today's analytics and AI and machine learning algorithms and applications that are going to sit on top of that infrastructure. Typically, it's scattered PCs and servers maybe sitting underneath someone's desk. But really, when you start adding these new digital transformation applications, that really starts to create even more complexity because those applications don't typically talk, they don't share data, and they're really not designed to scale. Could I possibly use the phrase siloed use case to describe what you're talking about? You nailed it. Exactly. Boy, I think we just came up with a new phrase, and that's uh, yeah. that, that's a breakthrough <laughs> here on the Retail Power Chat, so that's very cool. Good. You I'm going to use that. No royalties. It's all yours. <laughs> okay. The very last thing you mentioned, which is about the data, we do a lot of healthcare digital transformation podcasts, and it's all about how the data participates in this transformation. Tell us about some of the important data trends going on with manufacturing digital transformation. There's really massive amounts of data that is available from a manufacturing floor that really hasn't even been tapped yet. At the same time, there's massive amounts of new manufacturing data. 90% of it did not exist even two years ago. And so a lot of manufacturers are saying, okay, what am I going to do with that? And how do I build that next generation storage and data infrastructure, make that happen and take advantage of it? I talked to one customer who said, yeah, I can connect to all of my 150 robots that I have on the plant floor, 
but I wouldn't know what to do with that data. I can connect to it and I can store it, but I really don't know what to do with it. One of the really important things that I always talk to manufacturers about is start to think about data as coming out in really new data domains and be prepared to talk about the different storage capabilities that are required to handle each kind. Can you take us a little bit deeper into those different storage mediums? There's really three data domains that are emerging. One, there's the traditional disk, which is spinning media or solid state that everybody understands and knows about. Then there's a hybrid storage capability that's emerging. That's where the data can be created in one place, but accessed almost anywhere at any different cloud and has that connectivity from different areas and have access to it from really almost anywhere. And then the third type of storage and data domain is that high-performance data, high-performance storage that's going to be required for the AI and machine learning workloads, and then the advanced analytics that run on there, because you really need high-performance data, whereas some of the other data can be stored in other less expensive, not necessarily as high-performance, but that's okay. Make sure that you get a handle on those data domains emerging and make sure that you understand where that data is going to go and have an infrastructure ready to handle that, because that modern storage infrastructure is going to be critical. Interesting discussion on the domains in which the data can reside. Tell us about the digital transformation of accessing this data. There's really four requirements. And I talked a little bit about the technical debt. These are really directly related to that. But four requirements for the next generation smart factory. These are real requirements if you're going to really transform your manufacturing operations. Number one is the software-defined compute, connectivity, storage is going to be essential. So data needs to be easily and seamlessly shared between OT and IT. And typical architectures, typical approaches to this were firewall everything. And that's really not practical today. A lot of manufacturers look to the Purdue model that was circa 1995. That's 12 years before the iPhone was introduced. And they use that architecture to segment all of their networking. That really needs to be updated. And hyper-converged infrastructure is a really great way to bridge that gap. Number two is that a modern storage infrastructure is critical. I talked about that already. Video analytics, AI requiring a massive amount of more data. So make sure you have a modern storage infrastructure and modern storage approach. So a software-defined architecture and a modern storage infrastructure. What's next? Number three is that distributed edge compute is a necessity. And there's multiple versions and definitions of what edge compute is, but all of that will help tame that data deluge. More endpoints are driving higher volume datums than ever before. And that distributed edge compute will be able to handle and process that data at the edge where it's being created and actually create smart data and not just a bunch of values. And then the last thing is that multi-cloud architectures are required. And that includes an on-prem strategy. So whether it's on-prem, whether it's private, hosted, or a hybrid, that really needs to have a multi-cloud architecture to be able to take advantage of each one of the even public clouds or private clouds or applications that are out there because no one vendor, no one area is going to have the best applications, the best storage domains for your multi-cloud applications. That's a great set of requirements, Todd, and I'd like to take you deeper into a couple of them, and I hope you don't mind if I jump around a little bit. The first one that caught my ear, if you will, was cloud. Can you take us a little bit deeper into this idea of hybrid cloud? How do we decide what cloud architecture we're going to use? How do we figure out what's going to be hybrid, how we're going to push data to the cloud? 
How do we worry about latency? You know, what are the different factors that go into deciding and determining that architecture? At the beginning, the cloud was the easy button. It's simple setup, simple deployment. They have pre-canned applications that you can deploy. And the message was, just send everything. If you're going to do IoT, send everything to the cloud. That was okay. I have a customer who really realized some of the challenges that, specifically the high cost. It's a large food company that about a year ago said, we're going to do cloud first, and then they changed to cloud only. But a year after the fact, they came back and said, well, their cloud spend went from $40,000 a month to over $10 million a month. So you can really start to build a really good hybrid cloud infrastructure to be able to support that and do some data transformation, data storage, and really put just the data that's needed to go to the cloud under your control to be able to use and shift data to wherever it needs to be. Todd, would you say cost is a driving factor in this hybrid cloud approach? Cost isn't really the only reason for developing a hybrid cloud architecture. There's latency issues, performance issues. How do you act and react to things that are happening in real time? Bandwidth limitations, a lot of areas that don't have the connectivity and the bandwidth required. Data sovereignty is a big problem and security. When you start sending everything to the cloud, that opens up a lot of attack vectors for security problems. When you start to look at the next generation of applications, all of those are going to need to be taken into consideration because, again, it's data aggregation and transformation at the edge so that you don't have to send everything to the cloud. You really want to keep some of that on-prem. But some of the next generation applications like advanced analytics, AI, machine learning I talked about, computer vision, if you've got 10, 15, 100, 200, 500 cameras all sending out high def 4K video feed, that really needs to happen on-prem. It can't all go to the cloud. There's just not enough bandwidth. The network capacity is typically not there. And then having containers and microservices to be able to manage those at the edge right once and run anywhere. And then some of the next generation applications like Digital Twin and Digital Thread, they're going to have to be implemented on-prem. You start to see that cloud is really becoming a limiting factor. There's a place for it, absolutely. But really, a hybrid cloud approach is really where people need to really start to think about and shift to. Todd, once again, focusing on all this data that's flying around in different architectures, tell us about data access and mobility and how do things like 5G and even the upcoming 6G change that game? 5G is really providing unprecedented capabilities. So it's not just amazing bandwidth. When people think 5G, they just think speeds just like on your phone. But really, they're adding some really interesting things that can help manufacturers. Virtual segmentation, improved security over what they have now. And 5G is really becoming that answer for manufacturers who want to quickly upgrade their aging infrastructure we talked about. So things like the technical debt, it's a great way to address that and deploy an on-prem 5G infrastructure to be able to connect to and handle and process that data that's coming from every corner of their factory. Innovative capabilities like network slicing is going to be key to that transformation. And when you start talking about IoT, specific IoT capabilities are being built into the specification for the 5G protocol. That adds IoT scale, adds IoT data handling, adds latency, addresses some of the latency problems. Isn't 5G fairly easy to deploy and manage in that it doesn't even have to be managed by telcos, right? When you think about where 5G is coming, it's deployed on a flexible x86 architecture. So it's much more easily deployed and managed by the non-telcos of the world. 
It typically used to require specific high-tech equipment that was specifically designed for the telco crowd. But instead, now it's shifting to kind of more off-the-shelf x86 architectures, and anybody can really deploy that on-prem or across their entire ecosystem. This concludes part one of our podcast. Check back for part two, where Todd discusses the role of 6G in data mobility and access, the various smart manufacturing edges, Dell's solutions that power smart manufacturing, how Dell coaches customers to get started, case studies, where to find more info, and final thoughts. 